This is Unfiltered, episode 46, for April 17th, 2013. Would, would law enforcement, and I would not blame them at all if they didn't tell us, would they be less inclined to let the American people know whether or not they have an image of who this is, or would they... Yeah, no, they might. Uh, so they have to be allowed to mislead, even though from the point of view of the press and the point of view of the public's right to know, you'd say, well, we should know all the facts. But they're looking for, they're looking for murderers here. Yeah. So misleading is a very acceptable part of, uh, of, of law enforcement. On this week's episode of Unfiltered, we'll cover and analyze the Boston bombings earlier this week and take a critical look at the media's horrendous coverage and break down a few of the more common conspiracies. Plus, letters were sent to a Mississippi senator and President Obama. They tested positive for poison, adding to the national state of panic. But are these letters actually connected with the Boston bombings? We've got the answers. And CISPA's just hours from passing, a little bit of good news, your feedback, and much, much more on this week's episode of Unfiltered. There and coming to you live from the Jupiter Broadcasting Breaking News Bunker in the beautiful, oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Pacific Northwest. My name is Jason. And welcome to another edition of Unfilter, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show about the uh, TV you shouldn't be watching and the podcast that you should be listening to. And uh, joining me, as always, every week is the lovely bearded, nicely looking, and uh, bootylicious, bootylicious. <laughs> Hey there, Mr. Chase. Hey, man. Hey, how's the pinball championship? Uh, I mean, you you were rocking the pinball I, last week. I am week. a pinball champion. So, so if you if you are a uh, unfiltered subscriber right. and supporter, right, you listen to the pre and post shows. You probably know that you, you were probably out. knew that I was out yeah. because I was doing some pinball action. Yeah. in beautiful Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Was, I got to watch some of it. Was fun. Yeah, and I uh, the way it works is they split you up in the four different divisions after qualifying. Yeah, and I won my division. Good job! I, I sir. am a pinball champion. Nice, my biggest championship yet. You know, to be honest, I was a little worried uh, because you were traveling. I believe on Monday, right? Yeah, I was. I was, and, I was traveling when everything went down. Yeah, the Boston bombings I, my, happened my, on Monday. My wife was a. Uh, <clears throat> Was uh, sending me text messages and she's like, uh, you know, hey, Boston just got bombed. Yeah, and I was just like, what? And you had a lot of gear. Uh, oh, yeah. well, actually, it was, it's kind of funny. I was telling you about this in the pre-show uh, when I, I took a whole bunch of uh, AV gear down to Pittsburgh, and it never got opened. Oh, that's good. And everything was they didn't mess with it. Yeah. But on the way back, and I was sent to secondary, and I was, <laughs> well, they were a little more freaked out. <laughs> but but I will say this about TSA lines. Now I have a Nexus pass, and for those who are Canadian, does and, that make you fancy? It kind of. So okay. for Canadian and American citizens who travel across the border often, mm-hmm. they, you can get a pre-screened right. pass oh, called yeah. a Nexus pass. Yeah. Well, they've just launched in about twenty major airports, and they're putting more online. TSA's launched something launched something called a TSA pre-check. And what, right, right. And so what that is is if you have a Nexus pass or a GOES pass, you can go into this line, 
you bypass almost pretty much security. You don't have to take off your shoes. Ooh. You don't have to take off your belt. You just leave your laptop in your bag. You just let it go through the scanner. It's really great. And I'm I'm going through Pittsburgh Airport and yeah. I'm going through SeaTac. Yeah. No one is using the line, and everybody's just staring at me like, "Who the f is this guy, jackass, gets to use this like right. exclusive line?" This guy. And then at the end, there's this poster by the TSA with a QR code asking you to take a picture of it and say, "Tell us what you think of TSA check." So like it takes you out, it takes you to like a like a submission form. Uh, yeah, and then they and they want you to tweet out that you you had a good experience. And, wow, uh, they want you to tweet it too? Yeah, they want you to tweet it out. Like, you know, <laughs> they want to get people to sign yeah. up for this this thing. They're trying to leverage social media. Uh, well, hey, you know, I, I felt great. Yeah. Now, here's the breaking news this okay. week. Okay. Oh, hold on, Chase. Hold on. The break. <laughs> this just in the Jupiter Broadcasting Newsroom. PAX passes are sold out. Oh, my goodness. That is breaking news. <laughs> That's breaking news. Uh, so, <clears throat> my, oh, boy, the only chance I have to get in there is if I go as press. But I don't... Are you going? Uh, yeah. Maybe well, I'll just go well, live vicariously well, through well, you. Well, I'll tell you this, Chris. Uh-huh. I, I I was able to purchase two sets of uh, individual day passes. Oh, yeah? So, it's four days this year. I don't know if you knew that. Four, oh, Friday, wow. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. <clears throat> God, PAX so, is a good time. So, here's the deal. Um as long as I get my media credentials, I'm going to have a couple of sets of passes. Mm, okay. Might right. be able to work something out, you know? So, obviously, the big story this week is the Boston bombings, yeah. uh, the uh, the letters that were sent to the senator and to Obama. Yeah. Um, there, today, there's been an arrest there. Wait, was there an arrest? Oh, well, the arrest for the letters. For the, for the letters. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, we'll get to that part. Yeah. So, uh, before we get into all of that, there's one story that I, I've actually been tracking for the last, uh, about about a month now. And it just keeps coming up, and, and it's one of these types of stories where I wait to see it in the news cycle a few times before I even bother putting it in the show. Right. And uh, it's a bird flu story. And, you know, every now and then we have these flu panic stories. Where, where's your masks? Where's the, the masks well, for the I, bird flu? I got to prime them. I got to Amazon prime those suckers. So yeah, here, let's play the report because I think you're going to start hearing more about this. So I just want to mark it in the show's ledger as have cover, as having covered this story. Now to the worrisome headline out of China tonight that bird flu is now spreading hundreds of miles from where the outbreak began. American scientists are now on the ground in China worried about the mutations they've already seen. The virus has now been found in Beijing more than 700 miles from where it started. A seven-year-old girl is the latest to come down with it. Tonight, 49 confirmed cases, 11 people have died. ABC's Dr. Richard Besser in China tonight, where his former colleagues from the CDC are studying this fast-moving flu. Doctor? Seven years old? How did one little girl in Beijing come down with a virus from Shanghai? Was it from her parents who work with live poultry? Or was it from something else entirely? Beijing is hundreds of miles away from the outbreak we've been following. She may be a sign that this new virus can travel long distances without notice. Has the virus come to Beijing by a bird? Or did the infected girl travel to the virus? We still don't know. Either way, concern grows tonight. The virus is clearly spreading with dangerous mutations. If it begins to be transmitted through people instead of through birds, the outbreak would mushroom rapidly. It's easy to see why people are concerned here. Hong Kong is one of the most crowded places in the world. This virus starts to spread from person to person. You have one person sick, then another, and another, and another. It's an absolute nightmare. Ironically, the bird flu that has killed 11 people seems to cause no illness in birds. They can't tell which ones are even infected. 
China may seem like it's very far away, but this outbreak is being taken very seriously in the United States. The CDC has already begun early work on a vaccine and a diagnostic test to be ready just in case this reaches our shores. So there you go. Um, we have to be ready, Chris. There's the stage. It's set. We'll see where that story goes. But now, we're, now we got it officially on the show. We're tracking it. Okay. We, um, we were keeping it on. Are you worried? We're, yeah, I'm are scared. You scared? <laughs> I'm so I've never scared. been too afraid of any. I was of actually this. more scared of the Nile virus or whatever that thing was. Yeah. 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 Uh, speaking of PAX, I know I've said this before. That's but I got uh, swine flu at PAX a couple years. ago. Oh, that's ago. right. The, the <clears> PAX swine flu. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember I, that. I got it bad, man. I was. I was like, I had to do the bathtub full of ice water thing. Really? Yeah, yeah, I got it real Holy bad. Crap. Yeah, I was I was super sick. There is probably only one picture on the entire internet with me without my hair combed and it is during when I was that sick. That's how sick I was, Chase. You didn't even care about your hair. Well, I didn't post the picture. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that, Chase. I would have to be dead for that. Maybe put it on eBay, <laughs> you know, like a highest highest bidder gets <laughs> gets the gets the gets picture. the rights. Gets the rights to the picture. <clears throat> All right. Well, so we have um a lot to dig into. So I just want to I want to just stop right now. We'll put the brakes on. And I want to say thank you to our Unfiltered supporters. So yeah. those of you that are maybe new to the show, the way Unfilter works is uh, we do not have sponsorships. We've actually been approached and offered sponsorships on a couple of occasions and have turned them down because uh, we feel this show is better without sponsors. Uh, we it's, it's the type of show that Chase and I want to do, but also the type of topics that we're covering. And honestly, I think some of the things we're about to say today probably would not be appropriate for sponsors. No. Uh, so the way Unfilter works is we're trying to get to 133 of you to support the show every single month. Today, I'm very happy to announce we're at 65. So we're along the way. Yeah, we've slowed, halfway. but we're 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 you know what? I mean, I'm, I'm very happy that we're this far. So yeah. I I'm very thankful, everybody. We got a couple of new names. Uh, we have Hans, Peter, and uh, Jacob B. And oh boy, Chase, what do you think of that one is? It's there? Detlef. Detlef. Wow, boy, you just cranked that out. Well, you know why, right? No. Well, there was a, a legendary Sonics player, oh. Detlef Shrimp. Oh, maybe that's him. It could be. Yeah, yeah, I bet it is. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Stephen B. and also Douglas D. And by the way, Douglas D., just glancing at your email address, it looked like you might be using a PayPal-specific email address. And I just want to remind folks that when you sign up and you become an Unfiltered supporter, I take the email address that your payment service uses, so PayPal or Amazon Payments, and I subscribe you to an Unfiltered newsletter. That goes out uh, as soon as Unfiltered is published. There's a newsletter that's sent out to just our supporters. gives you a little bit more behind-the-scenes information about what into what went into that week's show. It also includes our pre- and post-show, the stuff that we, the extra clips and all that yep, kind of stuff. The, and all the goodies. The after-show banter that we always end up doing. Yep. So you, you almost get another hour's worth of show in some cases, sometimes less. Uh, with that um, uh, with that supporter show, which comes out after every episode. Yeah. So thank you to everybody. Now, if you'd like to support the show, we are trying to reach 133 of you. And if you find the show valuable and interesting want to keep it going, please go over to our show notes and click one of those subscribe buttons. We really appreciate that. But Chase... Guess what? It's time to ask the yes. chat room. Because <laughs> like we like to do right here on the Unfiltered Program, we like to toss a question out to our very intelligent IRC chat room and get them to provide us some answers. All right, Mr. Chatroom. Now, this one... We're going to come back to because it's a big topic. I mean, okay. it's something we're going to need to let marinate in the chat room. But uh, we have let set it soak. Up, for we've bit. set up something. Yeah, we've set up the soak. It is a uh, it is a uh, go poll goal. Yep. And um, I put, got it right here. You got it. Okay. Yeah, I do. Toss it in there. Chase Bam. just tossed it in the chat room. Here's what we're going to ask. Uh, chat room, go vote. And it's just two possible answers. The Boston bombs were they an inside job? Yes, of course, or no. Sadly, cool down on the bacon. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not even going to refresh the page okay. until we're ready. Well, it live updates. 
Oh, this does? Yeah, it does. Oh, See, right. people are already voting. We got somebody who just voted in yeah, Alaska. Yeah, but, but the thing is, it doesn't tell me what right. color it does what. So we'll come back to it. So yes, I we figure, will. I figure, let's do this. Okay. We'll 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 let them vote. Okay. We'll go through some of the stories and then we'll come back and see what they said. All right. Does that sound good to you? Fair enough. All right, Jeremy. So you get in there and go vote. Get to work. And uh, it's over at Indiegogo and uh, or GoGo poll, whatever the heck. And we put that in the chat room. So, <laughs> Indiegogo. Right. Whatever. Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. It's a Kickstarter. So it's a Kickstarter poll chase, and uh, you know we're crowdfunding the the uh, poll. All right, so let's. Uh, this clip here from NBC uh, came out today, and it sets up pretty good where things are at in terms of the Boston bombing. Well, good evening from Boston. Good Just evening. a few blocks from where the explosions hey, rocked the finish line at the Boston Marathon yesterday. It was a shocking event in oh, the I life of this city. Tonight. Today receiving, of course, widespread coverage as yet another terrorist incident in our post-9-11 era. Here's where the toll stands tonight. Three dead, 176 injured. 71 people are still hospitalized, 24 of them in critical condition. Among the dead, a Boston University grad student, an eight-year-old boy, Martin Richard from Dorchester, and a 29-year-old, Crystal Campbell of Medford, Mass. We learned today the president will be coming here on Thursday for an interfaith service. Interface. At the White House today, flags were interfaith? at half-staff, and we heard again from the president, who for the first time used the word terrorism to describe <gasps> what happened He's here. He's a terror? Well, actually, uh, he was pretty hesitant at first uh, during the first press conferences to not use the word terror. You know why? It's because he got such slammed before. During the Benghazi? The Benghazi thing. And so it's like, all right, well, I need to make sure all my facts are calculated. Maybe. I got to make sure. It seems like a pretty obvious one to call terrorism, though. Yeah. Well, even foreign or domestic, it doesn't matter. This, well, was it terrorism, though? Mm, Stand by. The FBI is investigating it as an act of terrorism. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Anytime bombs are used to target innocent civilians, you it hear the hesitation there. Innocent. It is an act of terror. President in the White House briefing room earlier today, and as late as tonight, still no idea as to who did this or why. But we have a better idea as to what was detonated here in Boston. NBC's Pete Williams has been following the investigation in D.C. all day. Pete, good evening. Hey, Pete. Brian, good evening. Still so many questions, but one has been answered. How many explosive devices were actually left at the scene? That- How you, many? Yeah, I remember when the story broke down, when the, when the story first broke on Monday. We were hearing uh, like one in a JFK library. Right. They were and- saying it, but that just turned out to be a fire that was unrelated. And that was actually coming from the mayor. The mayor was saying that, I believe, yeah. at the time. I mean, there was a lot of miscommunication. So with them, they, they weren't sure if there was multiple bombs. Was this coming from Twitter? There was actually a lot going on Twitter, too. Yeah, there was. Yeah. That answer is two, and officials described them as crudely made but effectively used. And as of tonight, no suspects, no idea who did it or why. Investigators have begun the process of recovering tiny pieces of the bombs to learn how they were made. They say it appears the devices were assembled inside pressure cooker pots, similar to this one, packed with BBs, ball bearings, and nails to magnify the injury. As these Homeland Security bulletins note, pressure cookers have been used for decades in terror bombings. Instructions for making them appear on the Internet, including just last month in an Al-Qaeda magazine, Inspire. Investigators say the explosive in Boston was most likely smokeless powder, gunpowder like this, Available at sporting goods stores, not something more powerful like dynamite. It's already starting, you know, very early in the reporting process. It started to look like maybe this wasn't Al-Qaeda. This might have been maybe homegrown terrorism. Uh, you know, one thing I've been hearing a lot of lately is lone wolf, lone wolf, yeah, that, lone wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, ABC points out that, uh, by the way, April 
kind of historically a horrible month. It's a bad month. Good morning, Josh. My sources tell me it's the evidence on scene and witnesses that will break open this case. The list of potential suspects could be long because investigators know this stretch of April is one with a dark history. This Friday, April 19th, is also the anniversary of two of the most traumatic days in the country's recent history. In 1993, a 51-day standoff between federal law enforcement and Branch Davidian leader David Koresh ended with 80 dead, including 25 children, when Koresh refused to surrender peacefully. On the same day two years later, Timothy McVeigh bombed the Alfred Murrow Federal Building in Oklahoma City, killing 168, including 19 children in the building's daycare center. That attack was specifically uh, designed as payback uh, for the government's role in Waco two years earlier. For those who hate America and know something of its history, Monday had particular meaning. In Massachusetts, Monday was a state holiday. Patriots Day, commemorating the first shots fired in the American Revolution during the battles of Lexington and Concord, fought near Boston in 1775. All right, so the the historical importance of it also kind of suggests somebody who's familiar with America's history. The real Patriots Day is April 19th. That is the date that counts. uh, That's Monday, this, this coming Monday. For people on the extreme right in the United States. As it happens, Massachusetts celebrates Patriots Day uh, on the third Monday of every of the month. But for every conspiracy theory about domestic extremists or international terrorists, there is this fact. April has seen its share of random senseless violence aimed at the innocent and vulnerable in public places. Soft targets. On this day, six years ago, the Virginia Tech massacre, and this Saturday, April 20th, marks 14 years since the deadly Columbine school shooting. Investigators are mindful of all of this, but my sources tell me today the priority is simply to go where the evidence points. You know, it's funny, uh, starting to feel a little old because a lot of these bombings and attacks have all happened in our lifetime. Yeah, I remember uh, in school. Uh, the the whole Waco thing, yeah. Like being in school and right, I, I do remember that. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'm, the I tanks remember, and the the faraway shots. It's funny how you remember where you are when you found out about yep. it. Yeah, I yep. was in school. Yep, that's great. Uh, also, uh, just general panic all around. Um, Seattle today was crawling with the Department of Homeland Security, like just tons of forces. Was interesting, and they're in these completely white vehicles, SUVs and cars that say "police" on the side of the vehicle. Really, and, and then in the up in the corner. Just uh, kind of by uh, uh, above the wheel well, it says Department of Homeland Security and a little stamp. But on the uh, but a big all white car with you know cop bar lights on but the top. But they're not police. No, I know it's weird, right? And tensions are just ratcheted up. I mean, security is ratcheted up everywhere. Everybody's freaking out, and uh, of course. Whenever something suspicious like an un, uh, like a, a vehicle, like a moving vehicle, gets left alone, everybody assumes it must be a bomb. This is CNN Breaking News. All right, we want to take you right to Oklahoma City to report this bit of breaking news. You see that U-Haul truck sitting there. It's <gasps> sitting in downtown Oklahoma City. It is unattended. Police believe it was stolen. They do not know what is inside. Uh-huh. Um, of course, the bomb squad is on the scene because the entire country is on edge in light of what happened at the Boston we Marathon. We want to make you on edge. Um, this is very near... Uh, where the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building used to be. As you know, that building was bombed back in 1995 by Timothy McVeigh. So just as a precaution, police are checking out this unattended U-Haul van 
all of the uh, city and state oh, offices have been evacuated just as a precaution until police and the bomb squad figure out what's, if anything, is inside this U-Haul truck. Again, it could be something. It could be absolutely nothing. It could be moving boxes. You know, it yeah, could be clothes. It was totally empty. It, it was, could be nope. actually furniture pads. Nope, it was just completely empty. It was just totally Not even empty. a dolly. Let's get into so uh, let's get into some of the conspiracy aspects of this now because there's been a lot. I want to start with uh, a pretty rational uh, piece that I believe was on like a local news channel. Okay. Check this out, and then we'll kind of go from here. All right. Break it down. In what has become the first terror bombing or explosion in the U.S. since 9/11, the biggest question tonight is who is responsible. Tonight we know more about what happened. The explosives used in this deadly Boston Marathon bombing were contained in 1.6 gallon pressure cookers hidden in black duffel Weaponized pressure cookers. Weaponized. Uh-oh. Weaponized. Bags oh, no. on the ground. A person briefed on the investigation told that to the Associated Press. Now, one of the explosives contained shards of metal and ball bearings. Another contained nails. Those two bombs blew up about 10 seconds apart Monday, tearing off victims' limbs and leaving the streets spattered with blood and strewn with broken glass. Three people were killed, including an eight-year-old boy. More than 170 people were wounded. So the big question that has not been answered yet is who is behind these attacks? So far, the FBI has questioned a Saudi national and has searched his apartment but found no signs of evidence against him. No groups have come forward claiming responsibility. And tonight, intelligence officials say they do not believe this was an al-Qaeda plot. So who was behind it? Well, no one knows at this point, or at least no one is saying. The last time the U.S. saw a bombing attempt like this was 1993. It was during the World Trade Center bombing. That explosion left six people dead, more than 1,000 injured. Damages in excess of half a billion dollars. But there is a part of the World Trade Center bombings that is severely underreported that it was the FBI presiding over the terrorists who carried out the 1993 bombing. In fact, virtually no one would know that fact today had it not been for this man, Imad A. Salim, a 43-year-old former Egyptian army officer. He this is something we've covered actually on this show is uh, there's been several bomb plots that were foiled during yeah. the lifespan of this show that essentially the FBI was down, like the most recent one, remember they were even driving the guy to, yeah. to his hotel room to record the, the confession video? Yeah, that's and, right, yeah. yeah. He was used by our government to penetrate a circle of Muslim extremists. According to extensive reporting by the New York Times, Mr. Salim secretly recorded hundreds of hours of conversations with the feds. Again, according to the Times, law enforcement officials were told the terrorists were building a bomb that was eventually used to blow up the World Trade Center. They planned to thwart the plotters by secretly substituting harmless powder for the explosives. The informer was to have helped the plotters build the bomb and supply the fake powder. But the plan was called off by an FBI supervisor. The account portrays the authorities as in a far better position than previously known to foil the February 26 bombing of New York City's tallest towers. Well, what this means for you, again tonight, we know very little about what happened. But we do know this. The University of Mobile's cross-country coach told a local TV affiliate that he was near the finish line of the Boston Marathon when the explosions went off. He said he thought it was odd that there were bomb-sniffing dogs at both the start and the finish lines. He also said that law enforcement spotters were on the roofs at the start and end of the race. So the question tonight must be asked. Did the FBI have any knowledge of this plot before it happened? We do know for a fact that dozens of times since 9-11, the FBI has recruited, trained, and then taken down suspected terrorists before they could carry out their plots. That's not conspiracy, that's a fact. 
Is the practice of the FBI creating terror plots only to break them up before they can actually happen really making us safer? Is that what happened here? And that is Reality Check. And we got a post in the Unfiltered subreddit, too. And, yeah, we sure did. And, uh, I don't know if you want to maybe read part of that. Essentially saying, uh, hey, can you guys take a look so, at this? So this was uh, submitted by Edmod uh, earlier today, and he, and he wrote in, he says, the requesting for this show to cover and analyze what is going on in conspiracy land re- regarding the Boston event. I asked this because I feel like two groups are going to get a lot of attention, the established media and the conspiracy thinkers. The established media are going to hype everything up. They're going to have endless analysis for the next week or two, hyping up fear or whatever other feeling they have did just to keep people glued to their televisions to generate more dollars. Then on the other end, there are the conspiracy thinkers. Some, like Alex Jones and Adam Curry, are calling this a false flag or retweeting tweets that say that they predicted this. These guys and others are going to rev up their conspiracy bacon factory, <laughs> and the bacon is going to spread cherry-picked <clears throat> facts out of context to support whatever conclusion they want to make. My complaint with the first group, the established media, is that they're going to keep a lot of attention on the Boston bombing and not really give any attention to what else may be going on at the same time. Mm. What uh, What is the government doing right now? For They have an excellent opportunity to pass legislation without any attention given to it. Are we going to join the hell out of someplace quietly? After all, you never want a serious crisis to go to waste. Right, and he links the video clip there of the Obama administration advisor saying you never waste a crisis. I mean, you know, one thing, Chris, we got to we got to do here. And, okay. you know, I was telling you this earlier and, and, you know, in listening to that clip, I mean, first off, I feel really bad for that reporter because he probably won't get to report again. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because what he's saying here is like, you know, he's not saying this is a false flag. But what he is saying is here's several documented false flags in history that have been perpetrated by the FBI. or enabled yeah. to a great degree by the FBI. Yep. And so he's saying it's not completely ridiculous to ask that question now. And I think then the immediate question people ask themselves is, what would be the motivation for a false flag, right? Right. Uh, So, uh, well, like Edmund mentioned, uh, Curry, Adam Curry in No Agenda, he he quote-unquote called this. And I'll play the clip of that, of him quote-unquote calling this. And and I think he gives the rationale there, and maybe we'll work with that. Okay. Here's what I'm worried about, though, John. You know, so we uh, so there's two things. We have this where the, this gun thing is not working. It's just not working. You know, it's just it's you know, yeah, they're gonna well, slowly we're gonna get to the you're crazy and uh, therefore you can't have a gun, you can't drive, you can't be on the street, you can't be around children, you can't have alcohol. You can just basically stay indoors and be crazy with your walker. No, and, I watch a lot of TV and, and buy seeds. <laughs> yeah, and Morse code. All you can. Um, And then you take into, you know, like a a North Korea, like, oh, we're going to bomb Austin. Ha, 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 ha. And, of course, you know, no one's buying this anymore, which means they're going to have to light something off pretty soon. That's the part that makes me. That's what I get worried about. I think we're within two. What did you say? You think it's going to be in the next two weeks or? We were talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and it worries me. You know, now we got to light something off to remind people that it it can be real. It's dangerous out there. What do you think? So his theory is they want to light something up that way to remind people that we're living in a dangerous world to, be, to A, justify the police state, and B, lock down on guns. Well, you know, it's it's funny. I I was talking to my wife yesterday about this. Uh, I You know, I got home from work and flipped on the news, and they're showing blood, mm-hmm. and they're oh, showing yeah. more fear, fear, fear-based thing. And she called me nuts and crazy because I started going down the conspiracy road thou- yeah. route just because of the fact that I was thinking, well, this is the government's excuse to try to push some agenda. Okay. Now— why am I thinking this way? 
Why? why? Why am I thinking this way? And the reason why is because after doing this show for 46 weeks and, you know, listening to, to No Agenda for a couple of years, you know, and you're starting to open up your eyes and kind of really see the world for what it really is, it makes you really wonder. It's like, gosh, you know, doesn't the government isn't short of doing something like that. I would say it's even a step further beyond that. So, <clears throat> I mean, we have, like, the, we just played the clip of the example of previous FBI documented incidents. Yeah. So what we have is we have an established history of the federal government doing something. It goes And it goes way back in history. Like, if, if you follow history, you know, like, there's been a lot of false flags in history that it, it, it's, it's kind of our operation motive. But that doesn't necessarily mean everything is a false flag either. That's true. And here's the other thing that makes it a little harder for people to kind of separate legitimate crisis from false flag is the one thing, like we always mention, that our government is exceedingly good at is taking advantage of a crisis. So when they respond and kind of take advantage of a crisis, they sort of they sort of accomplish what they would have accomplished had it been staged. So when you're looking at the results, you're like, gosh, this one thing happened and they got the perfect results from it. It really seems like they must have wanted it to happen. When in reality, it could just be they're just really good at taking advantage of that bad thing. So, But one, it's a hard thing to separate. It is. And then then if you if you try to call <laughs> them out on it and you try to say something about it, you're, you are branded as a wacko conspiracy theorist nut job. And yeah, I think there's a very. I mean, this has been. This I'm just trying been, to question. This that's has been brewing since the. I think that the 80s, this anti-intellectualism that's out there, where, uh, I mean, it used to be. It used to be way back that people who questioned the normal uh, paradigm were like the light of the party. They were the interesting person there, and you would want them there because they were going to spark great conversation and intellectual debate. Honestly, in some regards, and I know I'm not exactly making a great comparison here, but it's a little bit like what happens in our chat room. I mean, they're just people talking about things that are not necessarily always comfortable in there, and they're just having a good debate. And and they're not normally, normally res- resulting to name-calling, which I think is good. But in most cases, you know, you have to have a very special environment for that. That's true. And uh, so you're right. People do get labeled. Hey, here's the other thing. is So I, I, the, one of the big theories that I've been hearing is the gun debate, the gun lockdown, right, is this is, this is about pushing through gun control. And, and background checks. Well, and another another angle I've heard recently as well is the whole surveillance debate as well. Where, well, if we had as many cameras like they mm-hmm. do, say in Britain, right. For example, I mean, right. I've I've seen a lot of news lately where they've had these so called uh, you know UK experts on where they go, well, they have fifty thousand cameras in the UK. I, I always feel they're prepared like, for I something. Mean, like I don't this. feel like they would do a false flag just to get that argument. I just feel like they're going to argue for that now. Oh yeah, and I don't buy the gun. I don't buy the gun control thing either because I mean, if that was true, then today would <sighs> have know, gone differently. You know, you know, Chris, well, you got to realize something is this. I mean, this was a pressure cooker attack. Right. Right. Okay. So we need pressure cooker control. So, so what we need to do here is first off, we need to go to uh, Kmart, Walmart, and any other place. Fred Meyer, where Amazon, sell, Amazon, and they sell these pressure cookers. And what we need to do is we need to start a nationwide background check program. Okay. When anybody buys a pressure cooker, that we, uh, you know, we get their information. We get yeah. their driver's license number, and we get everything. That what we about need. what about people like me? I already have a pressure cooker. Well, see, here's the thing: you're going to have to register that because on that is oh. there's going to be a serial number. Okay. Oh, okay. So you're going to need to get that registered, oh. and if you sell one at a garage sale, yeah. Or privately, say on on Craigslist. I was just thinking about gifting it to my son Dylan when I was like an old man. Yeah, so, okay. well, you know that's not really okay anymore because we need to track those transactions. Ah, but it makes a mean chicken. No, well, you know, and, and, and you know, and I, sweet potatoes. And I do like chicken, yeah. but, but no, you got to really understand. 
Chris, you got to think about your children here, okay? <laughs> yeah, you got to okay. think about the safety of your kids because what kind of an America would we be living in if we cannot control the transactions of pressure cookers? Of pressure cookers. Uh, well, the one thing we're uh, not going to be controlling too much, it sounds like, are the guns. People who have been pushing for new gun laws to curb gun violence just suffered a big blow, and those people include those over at the White House, including the president, who really pushed uh, for new laws. The bipartisan compromise to expand background checks on guns just failed to break a Republican filibuster. The vote was 54 to 46, so technically six votes short of the 60 needed. To- and I see I'm not so sure I'm buying the gun control angle of this if the if like two days later this doesn't pass through, I That's, don't. That, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. you know, if if there was any great opportunity, but it was kind of funny. Uh, I don't know if you have a clip of uh, of Obama today. He's pissed. He's pissed off yeah, that they didn't pass this. Instead of supporting this compromise, the gun lobby and its allies willfully lied about the bill. They claimed that it would create some sort of Big Brother gun registry, even though the bill did the opposite. This legislation, in fact, outlawed any registry. Plain and simple, right there in the text. But that didn't matter. And unfortunately, this pattern of spreading untruths about this legislation served a purpose. Because those lies upset an intense minority of gun owners. And that, in turn, intimidated... What, you mean the government never lies about anything or misleads about anything? <laughs> that is, that what is like the it. hell? When they like vain, like, I'm hurt. I cannot believe <laughs> that they would go through and try to spin and make something different than what it really is. That's the same argument they're using oh with the CISPA God. stuff, too. It's the wow. same. That's the CISPA argument as well. Wow. Oh, whoa, we would never do the things that we could do. Dated a lot of senators. I've heard folks say that having the families of victims lobby for this legislation was somehow misplaced. Someone kick on a mic? (laughs) A prop, somebody called them. Emotional blackmail, some outlet said. Are they serious? (laughs) Are they serious? Are they serious? I clipped that. (laughs) Do we really think that thousands of families whose lives have been shattered by gun violence don't have a right to weigh in on this issue? No, they do. Sure. Do we think their, their emotions, their loss, is not relevant to this debate? No one said that, President. So all in all, this was a pretty shameful day for Washington. Oh, God. But this effort is not over. Oh, no. No, we're going to do something else. I want to make it clear to the American people. We can still bring about meaningful changes that reduce gun violence. It won't. So long as the American people don't give up on it. Now, before we get completely off the uh, old uh, conspiracy bacon track here, there is an interesting aspect to these pressure cooker bombs. Live from the Department of Bacon. Uh, Bob Baird, um, you've done many COVID operations with CIA. This Bob Baird guy is a CIA operative, and of course, uh, the person who sounds like he's talking through an ass is Pierce Morgan. (laughs) From what you've seen and read, where is your head going with this? Well, there are a couple observations I have, Pierce, and one is uh, the fact that there were two explosive devices used. They went off uh, fairly reliably. Uh, that's not easy to do. I've that's an interesting point to make, by the way. A uh, couple of other, like, quote-unquote CIA ex-people and people that were, like, terrorism experts that have been on the different networks. Few of the people I that thought actually, about this, too, by the way. A few of them that seemed to, like, know their stuff mentioned to have two bombs like this go off is actually 
like kind of a feat. It's like not it's not the simplest things. You kind of have one, to know what you're doing. One is um, yeah, one is one. But yeah. when you have two that are pretty much synchronized with yeah. that's yeah. They were like, so this is and and I think that's an interesting element to this. And when we play through this clip, I want to maybe let's theorize about maybe who this actually is. Made these improvised devices myself. I've watched instructors do it. That's difficult. Uh, the t- timing devices. Inevitably, one doesn't go off, or there's a low order of explosives. So somebody knew what they were doing. At least had some practice. Two is the Bob, fact I, that I don't know, Bob, no- if you can see these pictures, but we're actually showing. Uh, and and at least had some practice. I would not be surprised if that's what leads us to him. Maybe just putting this out there as a theory is yeah. maybe somebody reports, "Hey, this guy was like letting off bombs out in this yard," and I just wanted you guys to know about that after I saw the news. Because it seems like they are th- some of the other people that have been on the different talk shows theorize that he must have done testing in order to get these working. As yeah, well as must they were. must have yeah practice and stuff. Uh, new images of what the uh, police and FBI believe are the devices or part of the devices that may have being used here. Uh, it's Atlanta Station WAGA. Can you see these pictures, Bob? No, I can't see them. You, but I, I, I know it's, it's a pressure cooker. Right. And uh, pressure cookers are commonly used in the Middle East. In fact, in the 80s, the CIA trained the Afghans to use small stoves or pressure cookers against the Soviet Red Army. So who do you think did this, Chase? Do you think it was... Uh, Somebody, do you think it was a, okay, let's start big. Born in America or a foreigner? Well, if I'm taking off the conspiracy hat for a minute. Yeah. Okay, which, which you know, I, I'm going to for, for the sake of this. I, I, I want to say born in America. I think they're, they're from America. You think it's, uh, are you buying this sort of uh, media narrative that it's lightly a right-wing, uh, hates America or something's I bad? I, it was tax day. Yeah, that, well, that's the thing. It was April 15th. It yeah. was Patriots Day. Big event. Big, big event in yep. Boston. Yep. Um, it's one of those situations where maybe they wanted to set an, a big impact, if you will. Uh, and April has been historically uh, prone to uh, um, homegrown attacks, quote-unquote. Right. Whoever was really behind them, don't yeah, know. It, it, may, it makes you wonder, though, why... I mean, you can't... It's really hard to get in the mind. Why would somebody do something like mm-hmm. this to the general public? <clears throat> Uh, I mean, it, it just doesn't make any sense. But I, I was listening to the radio earlier today. It's a 26-mile route. It's a soft target. It's not like they could secure the entire route. Yeah. And they, you know, they, you know, what was interesting though is they did have uh, drills going on. Uh, they had uh, bomb sniffing dogs. This is what I'm confused about. If they had Bob's bo- d- d- bomb sniffing dogs, Bob sniffing dogs at the begin at the start and finish line, right? Yeah. yeah. And they did sweeps and stuff. Yeah. What happened here? Well, uh, why isn't anybody going to go into the details and explain th- the security? I, I don't know if we're going to get the full. I don't think they have the whole timeline yet. But it looks like uh, some people are suggesting, based on footage, that he essentially sat the dropped the bomb, sat it, you know, sat it down, walked, and like then sat it down, and they, you know, a few minutes later they went off. Like it was a very short timeline, so maybe the dogs just didn't get a chance to pass it. But and but the guy I, I had to come into the scene. I mean, I, I don't think it is unreasonable yeah. that the federal government would be executing a similar scenario. Uh, I, I mean. Because it is a brilliant waste of money, and that is what they are perfect at, is throwing way too much money at a problem. I mean, people don't even have a figment of the cost that it, we that we spend on securing the Super Bowl. It was insane. Oh, yeah, it's, it's crazy insane. Right, so when there's a national sporting event, uh, they really go all out. And I, I, so I can't, I can't accept the fact that just because there was a training scenario that matched that going on, 
I mean, it is very suspicious, but you know, I can't, I just can't on that doesn't convince me yet either. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it makes you go back. Well, why, why this <clears throat> event? Why here? So why here, now? here's what I think would be the perfect narrative. If I was okay, so let me two things aside. We may never actually get the full picture. It's going to be whatever they need it to be to support the narrative as much as possible. Right. You know, whatever they can lean on, whatever factoids they can pull. And so, wouldn't it be interesting if it turned out to be a lone wolf terrorist American who figured out how to do this stuff on the internet? Oh. Right. Oh boy! Would, and no, when, I know where you're going. Right, and so maybe if CISPA had passed. Oh boy! I mean, maybe it's possible. And you know, oh boy! Let's not forget Chris, CISPA's hot. Don't the do House this. The House Intelligence Committee passed the latest version of CISPA by a. Uh, 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 18 to 2 vote, and they did so through a closed door vote. So there's already a lack of transparency when it comes to the latest version of CISPA. But if you can remember back in 2012, the reason why it didn't pass is because it violated online users' privacy. Now, uh, you know, government officials were looking for an update to the National Security Act of 1947. Of course, that act has absolutely nothing to do with the internet, it doesn't include anything about the internet. So it's understandable to want an update, especially when it comes to cyber attacks against the United States. But if you want to uh, update the law, you can do so without violating the privacy of individuals in the U.S. Um, Now, you would think that the latest version of CISPA would have protections uh, for online users, but that is actually not the case. In fact, uh, one of the two representatives that voted against it was Representative Jan Schakowsky, and she says that she proposed amendments to CISPA that were just refuse, like they were denied. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's very upset about that. She says the following, uh, my amendments would have strengthened privacy protections, ensured that consumers can hold companies accountable for misuse of their private information, required that companies report uh, cyber threat information directly to civilian agencies, and maintain the long-standing tradition that the military doesn't operate um, on U.S. soil against American citizens. All right, so I mean, I admit it, I'm full on here frying some conspiracy bacon. From the Department of Bacon. And here's my full-fledged conspiracy. All right, let's hear it. I believe that what we will become is victims to the narrative. The narrative will become whatever they want it to become. So it kind of doesn't matter what the facts are to a certain extent, but I'm kind of... It was gunpowder... It was, uh, um, it was, you know, on a, on several. There were several reasons why to pick to pick that day. If you're an American, no. If it was Al Qaeda, they probably would have claimed credit by now. And also, uh, you know, this isn't their style. So I think, yeah, I think not only is the ease of use, is it makes it accessible, and the media in all these reports has said you can find the bomb diagrams on the internet. I mean, they've all said that already. So they've already planted a little factoid. So when they come out and say, boom, here's the facts, everybody in their memory will go, oh, yeah, I remember they said that you could just find those bomb specs on the Internet. Man, that that fucking Internet's crazy. Yeah, we better lock that stuff down. We better restrict it. So, and we better start a firewall. <clears throat> CISPA's, CISPA's uh, uh, has, it's like greased lightning right now. Oh, my God. It's out of the committee, and it's, it's, it's going to the floor, I believe, tomorrow. But, but, didn't, did, but didn't the president say that he was going to veto it, though? Uh, he did, however, they've added amendments that uh, it sounds like with these amendments. Now, these amendments, by the way, are not really solving the problem at all. They're just, they're just BS handjob amendments that don't really... So who, put, who, who re- reintroduced this? Who pushed this back through? In, in the committee, it's, it's, all been, it's all been obfuscated via this committee. What the f***? F, yeah, man. no, it's it's completely it's there's no transparency around it at all. It's completely opaque, 
And uh, and let's be let's be let's be legit. I mean, I know this is a trape at almost at this point, but Obama said he would uh, veto the uh, NDAA, and he didn't. And he's been pushing cybersecurity for years. I mean, he's been doing it since before the election. He's been yeah. he's been pushing cyber. Of course, he's going to sign CISPA if it passes. And the other thing to know is what's a little freaky about it is Google and Facebook and Microsoft and IBM. They've all thrown down on it. In fact, IBM's even spending lobbying dollars to get this thing passed. <laughs> Because of this indemnification thing. Yeah. Because it relieves them of this massive responsibility if they overshare right. with the federal That's government. Right. Yeah, they, 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 they get immunity. It's, a, it's, it's basically writing them a blank check because now they're not going to – this is all money they would have to you know, go into the courts with. What the hell? So it's, it's not only is it corporate-backed, but you, you know, of course. I mean, the, the cybersecurity thing has been – we've been talking about it for, for weeks. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy, but that's my conspiracy. Is. It, it, it's a, it, it's not really conspiracy. It's really based upon fact and, and yeah, history. And I, I'm not saying it's, they caused the attack. Honestly, no. I mean, I really haven't dug too deep into the conspiracies, but something about this just kind of feels legit. Like if somebody was going to do something, this just kind of seems like maybe how they would do it. And uh, I think sometimes... But why does it feel different this time? What, what make... That's one thing I was trying to identify... And sitting with my wife and, and talking about this and thinking about this, is it because the the lead up North Korea, uh, Sandy Hook? I mean, wh- no. Wh- why does it feel different this time around? Well, because almost every time when it's like the FBI assisted, it almost comes out immediately. The FBI was working with them. Yeah, but this time, you, you know, if they came out and, and we found out about this, this would that would be suicide. That that would that would that could potentially start. I don't want to say revolution. I think the or scale revolt, of it, but I think, I think the scale of it. I mean, honestly, I could picture just a guy building a pressure cooker bomb and putting it in some backpacks and then dropping it off in a crowded space. It just doesn't seem like that takes, you know, like a lot to do. And it seems like if the FBI was gonna, you know, if it was gonna be a, if it was gonna be a, uh, <clears throat> an inside gerb, you'd fancy it up a little bit. Yeah, but wouldn't it, you know, like it, fly an airplane into a building or something? But wouldn't, it, <laughs> but but if you were a guy that wanted to do something like this. And you you were trying to send a message, wouldn't you lead a clue to that message or some sort of manifesto? Yeah, well, or that some sort could of still statement? be. We're still early into it. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if a manifesto, and then he's going to have a three letter name. You know, he'll have a first, middle, and last. Oh, of course, right? It's always the way it is. Uh, so, I mean, that could still happen. We're still kind of early days. They're going to track him down. They're going to find him, and you know, the internet's going to be involved with it. I, I guarantee you, and uh, we'll see. Yeah. If I, I'm really, I'd be really surprised if it's a group. I really would at this point. Yeah, I'm not feeling that either. Either way, it's going to be an anti-government. If it's a group, they're going to be anti-government. They organize via the internet. That he's crazy and lives in the woods. Maybe. <laughs> or something like that. But you know what would be even scarier? What's is that? if instead it was a distributed network of right-wing terrorists who were in apartments and houses and in cities all across America that connected over the internet through some crypto site on 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 tour and it's it's not just the it's not just the crazies you know in the means, cabin Chris? they're all over the country you know everywhere means. connected by the internet chase you know what that means we got to shut down any kind of podcast or broadcast where we're basically you know that message of questioning your government you know we we got to get that off we got to get get rid of it it's, it's just wrong it's it's it, we got to get rid of it and uh, get that message out there well chase what do you say uh, we have a little fun before we move on from the story and just kind of look back at how the media screwed this thing oh, please. up? And I think the I think the award goes to <laughs> CNN. They, what? Oh, oh, we love the Situation Room. I uh, no, I'll tell you. I think the I think I think the winner in in the accuracy facts 
NBC. Goes, goes to NBC. Yeah. And the loser goes to CNN, followed by the AP and Fox News. Uh, but let's start uh, with the, uh, let's start with the, there's uh, the doctors reporting uh, ball bearings Take and nails. Take your time. And I want to uh, update everyone on some information that we have just coming in. You just heard the chairman of the Homeland Security, Chairman McCall, tell us here that a person of interest is in custody undergoing questioning. An update he said he just received in a briefing a few moments ago. And to add to that, uh, our Deb Farrick is now reporting that police are searching for a Penske truck that tried to gain access to the marathon route before the blast, but was turned away. And in addition, in terms of what sort of an explosion this was, you've heard so many questions about were there ball bearings involved or nails or things that were designed to propel outwards and injure as many people as possible. Uh, what Deb is reporting is that doctors are pulling ball bearings out of people in the emergency room. Okay, so they report that people are pulling out ball bearings, but then it was weird. Then they come back on air and they retract. They're no longer saying that they in, uh, found ball bearings among this. It more, it more, the better explanation seems to be that they found a lot of shrapnel. And those are the wounds that we have seen in many of these victims. So that the bomb may have been placed in something next to another item that created all kinds of shavings that would have been, uh, you know, metal, for example, possibly glass, that kind of thing that they created so that, many wounds and so many people. Right. That explosion. So, uh, but now, however, it's even up to right now, it's still continue to be reported there was, there was nails and ball bearings in there. But so they issued the report and they retract the report and now they're continuing to report that it is. So that's been really Thanks kind of an odd it. one. Okay. Did you also hear that cell phone services were shut down? Did you I, hear this? I, I thought that there was a potential for that happening, but I didn't know that it actually occurred. I was, uh, <clears throat> so here's the problem, man. I was on the radio in the truck, so I, I, w- I couldn't record them actually saying it, but I was like, man, how do they, you know, how do they just fill all this time? And they start, they just ramble. And one of these things they claimed was that they had shut down cell service because they were worried, oops, they were worried it was an ongoing attack. And they thought that maybe that he was uh, remotely triggering, he or they, were remotely triggering the, uh, the detonations with their cell phone. Right. There are some. Con- so it was reported that they shut down the cell networks, but turns out that wasn't true. Not even was it not true. The cell phone networks actively added upgrade equipment here. Listen to this. There are some conflicting reports about cell service in Boston. Earlier, the Associated Press reported cell service in Boston was shut down to stop remote detonations, but cell phone companies, including Verizon, are saying that's not the case. In a statement, Verizon says Verizon Wireless has been enhancing network voice capacity to enable additional calling in the Copley Square area of Boston. Customers are advised to use text or email to free up voice capacity for public safety officials at the scene. Verizon also says it has seen elevated calling and data usage throughout the region since the explosions occurred. So, yeah, I was listening in the truck, so I couldn't actually record them saying that the cell service had shut down, but they were for a time reporting that cell services had been shut down. And I remember thinking, God, that's <clears throat> that's like the last thing I'd want to have happen during an emergency. Uh, so just a reminder to people, when that happens, uh, text is usually more reliable because it uses less bandwidth. But I say the biggest faux pas so far, and there has been, I mean, we are just scratching the service. There's service. a lot. There is so many, but... The biggest one that really generated a lot of confusion uh, today was CNN went on air and reported that they had somebody in custody. And they're a little vague about it, and I don't have the greatest clip, but here, here is CNN 
saying sort of like, oh, I have the source and there's been a major breakthrough. I subsequently spoke to a second source who had been briefed on the investigation and unfortunately just based on my arrangements with that source, I can't identify that source any further, but the source is a very reliable source, someone who is getting detailed briefings on progress in the investigation. That source said the breakthrough came from video analysis. Much of the key video, I'm told, came from a department store right near the site of the second explosion. Lord and Taylor was the department store, this source told me. Do we got the video cameras from the roof from the floor, the ground level? I, I don't know that, but I am told that the video showed clearly at the site of the second explosion an individual showing up and placing a black bag. Officials said they've been looking for a sort of black backpack or duffel bag type, placing it at the scene of the second explosion and leaving it at the scene of the second explosion. And I'm told video enhancement, and it, whether it was department store video, I was told by this source that some video provided by a Boston television station also helped in the analysis some of this video, and again, the department store video was said to be the most significant, was then enhanced, and they say they have a clear image of a dark-skinned male placing the, the bag at the site and then leaving it at the site. And from that, I was told that is the breakthrough they have been looking for. They had done a very good job of, with the forensics of reconstructing uh, the pressure cooker bombs, some of the fragments, uh, some of the shrapnel, including the you know, ball bearings mm -hmm. and the carpenter nails, where they had been frustrated late yesterday is trying to get to the who. <laughs> they had done a pretty good job on the what and the how. So they go on to report that they have if they have made an arrest and then uh, the other news networks then rush to also report this with the exception, I believe, of NBC. That's right. And uh, here is uh, I, th I picked my favorite retraction because it just sounded like they got slapped down. Fox News alert, and now we have a statement from the FBI, a written statement in advance of what we are told will be a press conference they will hold. Which got con oh, canceled. At some point in the next few hours, our best information and last information was, was that it would be 5 p.m. Eastern time. That, of course, is subject to change. Here is the statement in full. Quote, contrary to widespread reporting, there have been no arrests made in connection with the Boston Marathon attack. Over the past day and a half, there have been a number of press reports based on information from unofficial sources that has been inaccurate. Since these stories often have unintended consequences, we ask the media, particularly at this early stage of the investigation, to exercise caution and attempt to verify information through appropriate official channels before reporting. So the information, as we now know, at 2.55 p.m. Eastern Time, is that, do, according do to the FBI, translate? there have been no arrests made. I can translate they, that. Yeah, what's that? Is, is, let's say I'm the FBI here. Yeah. Uh, CNN, Fox, um, uh, yeah, get, you're getting it the F wrong. Yeah. Shut the F up. Shut the F up, exactly. Shut up. Now, uh, I think, Thank you. Have I think there's something that we haven't really considered. Uh, oh. Glenn Beck is taking the time to zoom out. Oh, no, but Beck's a conspiracy theory. No, he's, well, he's got, listen to this theory. Okay. Uh, he believes what you need to do, Chase, is mm -hmm. not look at the specific event. Okay. Not look at the bombing. Okay. Not look at any particular shooting, but zoom out because be a big thinker for a minute like Glenn is. Yeah. And what is actually fundamentally causing these problems in society? Let's take a look. What, what do you – just have a – take one guess before oh, I hit play oh, what oh, you oh, think. I know. I already know. I, I don't know. I mean this is a pure guess, but I'm going to say video games. That'd be so much better than what he actually says. Ah. What this really says to me is that it is a death and I think – Moms will hopefully see this and agree. This is a death of the woman. This is this and, and almost everything that's going on in our society, um, I think, um, was hastened by the National Organization of Women. 
This when a woman is a man, when a woman is no better uh, than a man, has no different standards than a man, has nothing, is just whatever I want to be. I think society goes to hell because men, um, just, men respect just, just women. Just stop that for a minute. <laughs> Chris, Chris, <laughs> I know this, this? I, I, this, this is audio only. Yeah. Can you describe? Dumbfounded. No, can you describe to the listeners what am I? What it kind of look at? Look is shock. on my face. Shock, right now. disgust, and shock. Uh, it's only got ten seconds left. And when women don't demand respect, men don't, and society starts to careen out of control. There you go. So that's the problem. We just didn't. We just you didn't know nail what? it. You know, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna respond. I know it's crazy. I'm, I'm right? just gonna let it. Let it sit. And yeah. Let it saturate. Let it marinate. You know what, Chase? That's good because... What the uh, hell was that? <laughs> what was that? I know. I know. I, hey, hey, guys. look. Uh, just Google uh, Picard facepalm. Just, just do that, please. Thank you. Um, Have a nice day. Before we get, to the, the, uh, before we get to the toxic letters, uh, I say uh, we uh, take a look at the poll. And uh, while All you right. tighten your poll, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see here. So, uh, All right. I'm going to go skip to the results and go ahead and pull on that slot machine, Chris. I'm All right. You ready, Mr. Chase? Are you ready? Do you it. Ready? All right. Okay, we go. By a three to four margin, the results are no, it is not an inside job. That's right. 73% of our Jupiter <clears throat> Broadcasting audience say Boston Bombs are not an inside job. 27% say yes. There you go. So uh, they're saying no. Now, sadly. Here's the interesting thing. If yeah. you go and look at by the location of the world, the votes where it was an inside job are coming from mostly Europe. That's interesting, yeah. However... In the United States, not an inside job. Huh. Interesting. They're uh, they're uh, they're 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 more uh, they're more uh, conspiracy over there, I guess, about us. Hey. So uh, let's talk about real quick before we just get out of here uh, yeah. about the um, ricin. Yeah, about the ricin. ricin. And by the way, it's come out. Uh, they officially are saying: uh, Is there any possible connection between this and what happened in Boston, or has that already been ruled out? That's a great question. At this point, law enforcement officials, Senate officials are saying that they do not think that there is a connection. And they're emphasizing that, that it's just uh, just coincidence when it comes to timing. Uh, obviously, this is the very beginning. I'm told by a law enforcement official tonight that they do not have us, anybody uh, in custody, that there is still very much an open investigation as to who sent this letter. But they feel pretty confident that there is no connection between this and uh, and what happened yesterday in Boston. Okay. I think the only reason why that this is receiving any kind of news, major news attention, instead of a little blip story, is because of what happened in Boston. Yeah, and I don't think it would get as much magnification if it... If the it other thing that's a little weird is this this uh, particular bean that you make this uh, rising out of isn't particularly too hard to come by, so it's kind of like a little... It's a little. It's sort of an indie way to do it, just like sort of it's an indie way to do a bomb. So they both kind of have the same sort of homegrown feel to them. So I thought that's kind of interesting. Uh, but it turns out they have an arrest already in the uh, in the uh, letter case. Oh. Good evening, Brian. Nerves were already on edge in the Capitol because of Boston when those letters, possibly containing lethal poisons, were intercepted. One addressed to a senator, another to the president of the United States. 
For an hour and a half this morning, alerts were sounded on Capitol Hill. Can you go through the other side of the street? We're closing off the sidewalk. Yeah, we're Some Senate offices were cleared. Staff and others were told to stay inside. We're staying After two letters, one to Mississippi Republican Senator Roger Wicker, the second to President Obama, tested preliminarily for the poison ricin. Both were intercepted and quarantined at a post office screening facility miles away in Maryland built after the anthrax attacks that killed five and injured 17 across the nation in 2001. The president, I'm sure you'll ask this, the president has, of course, been briefed on these letters. Uh, He was briefed last night and again this morning. The FBI said both envelopes were postmarked Memphis, Tennessee, on April 8th. They used the same language. Quote, to see a wrong and not expose it is to become a silent partner to its continuance, a phrase often used by radical groups. Both letters are signed, I am KC and I approve this message. Hmm. A third letter went to Democratic Senator Carl Levin's office in Saginaw, Michigan. A staffer who opened the letter there has been hospitalized, protectively, until tests are done. Hazmat teams also searched Arizona Senator Jeff Flake's office in Phoenix, but found nothing suspicious. We've had some situations where there have been rice and scares. Um, not until this date, there's never been any actually proved that have gone through the system. Ricin, a poison made from castor beans, was notoriously used by the Soviets in 1978 to assassinate a Bulgarian dissident in London. That's like the most famous use for it, and that was via injection. Yeah. So I believe actually there's... And I could have this wrong. I, I, I caught this via a news report, but uh, the news report said that there really hasn't been any death from Ryzen except for injection. Like, oh my God. Yeah. You can get sick, but. Yeah, By yeah. putting it on the tip of an umbrella and stabbing him in the leg. Only a drop can kill in 36 to 48 hours. But if you purify it, it can become much, much more lethal. In fact, deadly in very, very minute quantities. Tonight, federal officials say a suspect named Kenneth Curtis has been arrested in Tupelo, Mississippi, and he'll be charged with sending the letters. The FBI sees no relationship with the bombings in Boston. Still, there is an eerie coincidence with those anthrax attacks after 9-11, also unrelated but frightening nonetheless. Brian? Andrea Mitchell in Washington. Andrea, thanks. Thanks. You know, it is interesting how 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 similar that is to 9-11. And the big fatal flaw with the 9-11 anthrax uh, case was that the anthrax was traceable back to a federal lab. That's right, yeah. So uh, this method's much more clever because it's not as traceable. It's untraceable. Yeah. Right, exactly. Uh, so they got their rest. We'll see where that guy, obviously, he sounds like a right-wing uh, <laughs> nut, doesn't He's he? He's a whack job, right? Yeah. yeah. Probably, probably um, downloads Glenn Beck. <clears throat> And it's interesting to watch Fox kind of dance around this because this is a sensitive issue because, unfortunately, people just toss in the whole right with this kind of stuff. Um, And obviously, you know, one of the things that's becoming very true of uh, the quote-unquote right, and you know me, I'm not a big believer in right-left crap, but, you know, the Republican Party really is sort of fracturing into several stronger subgroups. And, you know, maybe there's fringe people in the party, but... You gotta wonder if they're not gonna if if there's not gonna be a lot of damage control to try to help with the reputation. Yeah, here. yeah, we gotta tone it down. Uh, all right, Mr. Chase. I, you know, I had a story in the show notes about uh, about um, basically a constitutional group coming out and saying, you know what, we we have been torturing since nine eleven, and we just gotta face face up and call it what it is. Stop calling it rendition. Kind of a downer. Kind kind of a downer story. So I don't want to end on a down note. We're not ending so, on a down note. Uh, you know, there is... Um, Fuse. I think it was Vermont just uh, voted uh, to legalize uh, cannabis. Oh, I they think, did as well. I think it was. I can't. It was somebody just did it today. And uh, I thought, let's celebrate by listening to an epigrant from current TV on if we're ever going to see a president who supports 
cannabis legalization. And it's a great rant, so I just thought maybe we'll end on this. All right. Finally, it's time for tonight's F-bomb. Next month, the great Willie Nelson turns 80. So I sure hope somebody warns him that marijuana is the gateway to heroin before it's too late. Uh, now, some people say Willie has a marijuana problem. I prefer to say he has a marijuana practice. But it was three years ago that Willie was arrested in Texas for possession of six ounces of pot. God, who produces it naturally across the globe, remains at large. But I thought of Willie when that new Pew poll came out that shows for the first time in U.S. history, a majority of Americans, 52%, favor marijuana legalization. Actually, I should call it cannabis decriminalization because cannabis is the actual name of the plant. Back in the 30s, when DuPont Chemical and William Randolph Hearst wanted to make the hemp plant illegal, they decided to use the Spanish term for cannabis to take advantage of anti-Mexican racism. And it worked. And I should call it decriminalization instead of legalization, because that's really what it is. The criminalizing is a relatively recent phenomena. In colonial days, cannabis was used as a painkiller. Back then, the biggest drug problem was the same as today, alcohol. Washington grew hemp at Mount Vernon. Jefferson grew it too. Nowadays, we would lock them up if we ever locked up rich white guys for pot. It was as American as apple pie back then, and everybody knew if you smoked that flowery top part of the hemp plant, you'd want to eat a lot of apple pie. Our first Republican president, Abraham Lincoln, once wrote to the president of the Hunter Harmonica Company, quote, Two of my favorite things are sitting on my front porch, smoking a pipe of sweet hemp and playing my Hunter Harmonica. And that poor guy deserved all the recreation he could get. So this poll doesn't really mean America's getting more liberal, because technically, legal cannabis is the conservative point of view. Now, over the years, we've all grown up with the traditional propaganda about pot, how it makes you violent and lazy. To me, making violent people lazy is the only crime prevention plan that works. But more and more Americans have come to realize that cannabis has never really caused any murders. Indeed, it may have prevented quite a few. And with the national and state economy still struggling, it looks like cannabis might be one of the safest areas for investment. Next to tattoo <laughs> removal, that's going to be huge. The question is, will we ever see a U.S. president take the lead on the issue and risk doing the right thing, even if it means going down in history as President Spliff? Now, our last three presidents, Obama, Bush, and Clinton, have all been vague too honest about their usage of cannabis when they were younger. But the thing is, these three guys have had no problem locking people up in cages for doing the same thing they did. Now, if these presidents really believed pot was evil, they would surrender themselves to the local authorities. If they thought it was a sin, they'd turn themselves in. Because even if you don't like pot, and we've all had that roommate, oh. the drug war violates civil liberties and privacy rights. It shows the rich get away with things the poor can't. Big Pharma certainly doesn't want to see pot legalized, and in the era of big money, uh, privatized prisons, we do need a steady flow of people sent to jail for using a flower that existed in North America long before white people ever got here. So think about that the next time you're watching TV news and hear about people getting locked up for evil, illegal mood-altering drugs before they cut the TV commercials for all those legal, taxable mood-altering drugs. Great points. Oh, <laughs> oh, ouch. That sort of cuts a little close, doesn't it, Chase? A little bit. All right. I want to remind people that uh, you can go over to unfilter.reddit.com yeah. and engage the community over there. Vote on stories that go up and down the show. If you see something that maybe needs to be pointed out, goes along with the show, adds more data, we always love getting your comments or getting those links. And the great thing about it is we've of clips 
Uh, 360 readers. We're at 363, which is always great to see. Yeah. It, it did boost over the past Good. week. Good. Because I've been pushing in. I, yeah. I've been wanting Good to man, get Chase. over that. Good man. So uh, my next goal, I want to get to 370. Let's do so it. Let's get to 370. You're, you've been really busy. So where can oh people check God. out what you've been up to lately? I know you've got to have well, some clips coming up soon, right? Well, nothing right now. Right. So if you but head soon, over, right? yeah, geekhammer.tv is where you're going to want to go. Uh, did a whole bunch of pinball coverage uh, from the Professional and Amateur Pinball Association's championships of circuit events and Pinburg and Pittsburgh PA over the past week. Um, I get my computer back on Friday, so <laughs> I get to work on that. There you go. And also, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Nunes, N-U-N-E-S, where I uh, chat with people today. The conversation was about PAX passes. Yeah, sure. There's, like, there's a little bit of a conspiracy. People are wondering if PAX intentionally lowers the amount of tickets so people scalp them so money. PAX makes more money. Jeez. And Chris, where can people follow you on the Twitter? Twitter.com slash Chris LAS, Mr. Chase. And uh, I have links to both our profiles. Don't forget, if you're an unfiltered supporter, check your inbox. You've got a newsletter and the pre and post supporter show coming at you. Uh, and uh, even if you can't afford the monthly, you still want to support the network, don't forget about those affiliate links that we have at the bottom of our website. You just click those before you shop, and a portion of your shopping session is contributed to Jupiter Broadcasting. Stupendous. All right, everyone, we'll be back live next Wednesday over jblive.tv. We'll see you next week. See ya!